Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views Podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and on today's show, we are going to preview the, the Monday Week 11 matchup between your New York Giants and the defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Here to help me do that is... Bucks Nation podcast host, Len Martez. Len, thank you very, very much for, for joining the show. My pleasure, Ed. Uh, good to talk to you. Good to talk to the folks in uh, the New York metro area as I'm a native uh, New York metro area guy myself. So uh, let's roll. Let's talk a little Bucks Giants. So I, I have to tell you that, you know, Giants fans are really disappointed in the Bucks these days. I mean, what are you guys doing losing to the Washington football team, especially the week before you have to play the Giants for crying out loud? What are you doing? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a little weird the last two weeks in the NFL because, as you mentioned, the, the Bucks lost to uh, the Washington football team. But they weren't alone, Ed. There were, there were seven other teams that were in first place or tied for first place in the last two weeks that lost to teams uh, at 500 or below 500. And uh, the Bucks, unfortunately, on Sunday ended up being one of those teams. They played probably their worst game in the last two seasons. And, and that includes a start of last year where they were seven and five and people were talking about them actually, you know, finding a way into the playoffs for 2020. And then ended up going on, on that run and winning the Super Bowl, Tom Brady's seventh. But uh, yeah, again, it's been a weird season. The last, definitely, the last two weeks in the NFL, and the and the Bucks fell victim to uh, to what's been the curse the last two weeks in the NFL. The Giants were supposed to be the NFC East team that pulled off that upset, though, and not Washington. You guys weren't supposed to enter this game this week on a two game losing streak. You were supposed to enter it taking the Giants lightly, not with a ticked off team. Come on. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually Titanic around here. You know, it's uh, it's Patty. You would think that we're not talking about the reigning defending Super Bowl champions when you talk about the Buccaneers here in, in Tampa Bay and in, in the Tampa area. But uh, All right, well, uh, don't 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 tell me that there are people calling for Bruce Arians head and, and and looking for looking for the Bucks to draft a quarterback in the first no, round. Not, not not in that regard yet, although, although a loss on Monday night might push it there. But no, we're, we're not there yet. But there are there are, you know, cracks in the in the armor and the equity 
of Bruce Arians and even Tom Brady's being questioned now because Tom's had back-to-back games where he's thrown multiple picks and you can talk about whether or not you know one of them was his fault on Sunday and all those different things at the end of the day again he's he's a quarterback that had multiple picks the last two weeks and and then in their two-game losing streak as far as Arians is concerned he's pretty blunt about this football team I mean they've played stupid football the last two weeks losing to the Saints and then and then the bye week and then losing to the Washington football team on Sunday and committing the penalties they've committed and uh, allowing a team like the Washington, the Washington team that, I mean, you know, Ed, you, you, you're, you're a fan of the NFC East. Yeah, so it's... Fact, the Washington football team has struggled to score points this whole season, and on Sunday they scored 29. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's crazy, and, and Arians made me laugh this week, Glenn. I have to admit, he made me laugh because I think it was in his... Uh, in his press conference with New York media that, that I wasn't able to attend, but I do have the, I do have the transcript and, and he was asked about his comments that, that the Buccaneers are a dumb football team. And, you know, he was basically asked if he's sending his players a message through the media. And I think you and I both know, that he's absolutely 100% using the media to send his players a message. And he said, oh, no, I, that, that's not coaching. I was just answering a question. Come on, Bruce, give me a break. That's absolutely using the media to, uh, to tell your football team to, uh, to pull itself together. I won't disagree with that. You're right in regards to sending that message through the media. But here's the thing, and, and Bruce – is in the minority when it comes to this from a head coach in the NFL. He's not only telling the media, trust me, he's telling his players the same thing. He is pretty, you can ask any player that's ever played for him, whether it be from an offensive coordinator standpoint, quarterback coach, and now a head coach in this league where he's been a head coach in Indianapolis, uh, filling in for Chuck Pagano and also in Arizona and now in Tampa Bay. The guys will tell you flat out, Bruce is Bruce, and he will tell you flat out to your face. He'll keep it real, and he'll tell you what's going on, good or bad. So as much as he may have used the media, and like I said, I agree with you that he has, um, he's not holding that back inside the locker room. He's telling his players the same thing in, in those meetings. Yeah, and it's interesting, Len. I have to ask you. You know, Tampa Bay was six and one through its first uh, through its first seven games. Obviously, the last two weeks haven't been good, and and we'll talk about injuries and all of that. But what has happened with Tampa Bay the last two weeks? And were there kind of any any warning signs that a you know that that a slump or that a a downturn, which we all know is probably a temporary one, you know, for this team. Were, were there any warning signs that 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 maybe a little bit of a downturn was coming? No, let's start with with the, the game two weeks ago, three weeks ago now with the bye week against New Orleans. It's a divisional game. And ironically enough, the Bucs and Saints played three times last year. The third time was in the playoffs, which the Bucs ended up winning in the, in the divisional round. But the two previous games, the Saints beat the Bucs, and they handled the Bucs' offense pretty well, probably better than anyone else has since Tom Brady has come to Tampa Bay. 
And they did the same thing three weeks ago. So that wasn't so much a surprise. The surprise again was what they did in Washington against the Washington football team that I'll mention again, that failed to score uh, four touchdowns in their last three games combined before Sunday, but scored three touchdowns against the Bucs, the defending champions. That was a surprise. The, the surprise that the, the Washington football team put together a 19-play drive, 10 minutes uh, drive to end and seal the game against the defending champions who pride themselves on being, at the time, the number one rushing defense in the NFL. That was surprising. So, you know, New Orleans, Saints going on the road, divisional game, not surprised. What happened in Washington on Sunday was. So let's talk about the, uh, let's talk about the Tampa Bay defense. Um, I know, you know, and I suppose we'll talk about injuries a little bit, you know, while we're doing that, but I did, I just from raw numbers, the Buccaneers have, I think, are 17th in the league defensively, you know, so far this season in, in points allowed. They were they were eighth a year ago. So just based on the raw numbers, it hasn't been as good. Um, I know I think Vita Vea is dealing with it with a knee injury. I'm not even sure if he played against Washington. I know that that your cornerback situation is a mess. You've got three guys on IR now with the news today that Richard Sherman's going on IR. So, you know, so you're beat up in the secondary. Um, Has it been just about injuries for, uh, you know, for the Buccaneers or, or is there something else going on there? Well, it depends on how uh, you want to approach this because around the league and, and, you know, again, being as long as we've done this, we've always heard the term next man up, but at some point on any team, the next man up is a drop. And that's what's happened to the Bucks secondary. Now I will say this much, and this isn't, this isn't injuries related. They've allowed, they've allowed teams to extend drives because of dumb things, penalties that they've taken. That has nothing to do with injuries. That's just playing dumb, stupid football and quoting Bruce Arians. And that's, that's been part of the issue. When you talk about, um, you know, the, the amount of points they're allowing, listen, this is the NFL and teams are going to realize, well, we can't run it against them. So let's throw it against them. And when you're talking about, you know, dipping into your secondary, when you're talking about your nickel back or your, or your dime back now having to play 75% of the time, then you know, things are going to suffer a little bit. But again, uh, as much as injuries may be an excuse and a reason why, they've done some dumb things to, to allow teams in the last two weeks to extend drives and, and to, to put up points against them. Interesting, because it sounds a little bit like, uh, like me describing what happens to the Giants on occasion. <laughs> yeah, I've watched that. I've certainly, you know, being a, being a fan of, of New York teams, I've, I've definitely watched that. And you know, I've watched them uh, blow the Falcons game by missing an interception. And yeah, there's been definitely, <laughs> there've been definitely times where, where, where uh, you struggle as, as, if you're a Giants fan, you struggle watching your teams thinking what could be for a team that's, you know, currently three and six and, and in a division that, or in a conference that they could potentially be in the bottom, 
of the wild card race, but you can't do it at three and six. And, and it's, it's tough thinking about the games that, that, that they lost by one single play. It is. And I, I want to table that for a second because I do want to talk about the, the, uh, the outside impression of the Giants eventually. But for now, you know, we talked about temp, the, the Tampa Bay defense. Um, let's talk a little bit about the offense. Obviously, the Brady interceptions the last couple of weeks, uncharacteristic. Obviously, um, Rob Gronkowski didn't play last week. Antonio Brown didn't play last week. I don't know. Uh, the status of those two players as far as when they might return. I think Scotty Miller is also on IR. I think he's eligible to return, but but again, I don't know his status. Bruce Arians was frank, um, whereas Joe Judge will, will give you the next man up. We expect all of our guys to be ready to play. We expect all of our guys to execute all that, all that stuff. Bruce Arians was, uh, was blunt this week when he was asked about missing some of the players he's missing on offense. And he said, you know, those are hall of fame caliber guys. Of course, we're not the same. So, I mean, I'm just curious, um, are there sort of, are there chinks in the armor of, of that offense right now? And is it mostly related to the guys that aren't there? It's again, it's, it's, it's the approach of how, how you want to view things because when uh, Gronk and AB, Antonio Brown, first went out, this team didn't struggle. I mean, they, they put up 35 points in the first half against, against the Chicago defense a couple of weeks ago. And since then, they did have the, the two-game losing streak. Now, again, it, it depends on what you want to side. Do you want to side with the fact that you know, the approach is supposed to be next man up and the guys behind them that have been taking reps, you know, since April and May and, and rookie mini camp and mini camp and OTAs and all that stuff and have been preparing for the opportunity to play. Are those guys supposed to step up? Absolutely. So with that, you can't make the excuse as far as injuries are concerned. But on the other hand, Bruce is right. Those two guys are Hall of Famers and you're not going to find... You're not going to find that in your depth chart. You're not going to find another Gronkowski in your depth chart. You can't replace that relationship that he has with his quarterback, that Tom has with him. And you're not going to find another third wide receiver like Antonio Brown, let alone on the, the, the depth chart of the Bucks in the NFL. He clearly can be a one or two on half the league's teams, if not a three quarters of the teams in the NFL. He's still that good. And when you match him up against... Your third corner, you match up Antonio Brown, who potentially could be a number one or number two on most teams. You're talking about a mismatch that they miss. And again, there's no replacing those two type of guys. But the other guys got to step up. The other guys, if you're in the NFL, you're looking for the opportunity to, uh, to make a statement and, and to, you know, to, to prove that you belong on this football team that's looking to make another one in 2021 playoffs. So as much as a coach might say you're replacing Hall of Fame players, those other guys behind them need to step up. All right. Hey, Len, I want to take a short break here for a word from our sponsors from SB Nation. When we come back, I want to turn the conversation a little bit to uh, to a couple of, of players specifically and to uh, to Monday night's matchup. 
All right, Giants fans, Ed Valentine back here on the Valentine's Views podcast, and we're talking with Len Martez of Bucks Nation about the Monday night matchup between the Giants and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Len, I want to ask you this. We talked about it just a little bit before the break. Um, want to ask you just the the outside, the impression from where you sit of the New York Giants and before before you comment you know quickly we talked a little bit about the Atlanta game which is a game the Giants should have won the Washington football team game in week two is another game the Giants probably should have won offsides on a field goal on the game's final play to give Washington a, a, another chance to to kick a game-winning field goal um, some other plays in that game that that could have, should have, would have gone the other way. Um, so just just the impression from where you are of the New York Giants. Well, the NFL is about, uh, is about probably about three or four plays a game that separate the good teams that win games they should win and bad teams that, that lose games that they should lose. And the Giants, unfortunately, are in that category of three or four plays a game that make them a, a, a team that's below 500, three games below 500. We, as you mentioned, we talked about the Atlanta game, and you mentioned the Washington football game where uh, you know, a D lineman on special teams goes off sides where the ball's two feet away from him. And I know, you know, Bucks, uh, Giants fans have, have been all up and down that game in itself. If you look at the Giants, there have been games that certainly you know weren't close. The Rams game wasn't close. The Cowboys game, they had their moments. Obviously, Jones goes, goes out and gets hurt. And Mike Lennon comes in and did some things offensively. But they weren't close in that game either. And you can question about how well they played in the Denver game. But there are, there are at least two games that would have this team one game under 500 had they won those two games. Now, you could look around the league and find a lot of teams like that, Ed, a lot of bad football teams like that. You can go to a lot of football fans mm-hmm. in their communities and find those type of teams that unfortunately have found ways to lose football games. And you know what those teams are? Those teams are bad football teams. And I hate to say it, uh, but the Giants – have their moments, but they're a bad football team. They're a bad football team. Would I be surprised if they put put up a good effort here at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay on Monday night? No, not at all. I would not be surprised because you can throw in that Kansas City game the last time they were on primetime, and you could argue whether or not they had a shot to win that football game. But again, four or five plays a game that good teams make those plays and bad teams don't, and that's what separates them from being a good football team. Yeah, Len, it's really interesting because you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, every day, every um, Monday after games, or in this case, Tuesday, I mean, we always look at plays that change the game. And, and you're absolutely right. It's, it's a few plays. The, the talent difference on NFL rosters is really not all that great. It's it's a dropped interception here. It's an offside penalty there. It's a it's a, a a pass route that gets run poorly here. It's it 
you know, it's, it's things like that, that, that kill teams that lose more than they win. And, and unfortunately until, until proven otherwise, that's what the New York giants are. And, and I guess by extension of that, um, just your thoughts about, uh, about Daniel Jones in particular. Yeah. Big question mark still, right? Because you got, you're, you're wondering whether or not you have your franchise quarterback in in New York and let's face it. That's the biggest question that every NFL team has. Do we have our guy? And there are teams that can say, yes, we got our guy. We got our franchise quarterback. Check. The Giants can't check that box yet. They can't check that box yet with Daniel Jones. There are times, heck, the last time that the Giants played here, Daniel Jones had an awesome game, and they won that football game. Granted, it was against a different quarterback and, and Jameis Winston, but it was against a Bruce Arians football team. It was against a Todd Bowles defense. And Daniel Jones balled out that football game. Um, and then there's been times where he's committed two, three turnovers a game. The, the pocket presence, is it there? Questions still about that. And you would think by this time, you'd know whether or not you have your franchise quarterback. But the Giants aren't alone. You look around the league, there, there are a few other teams in the, in the NFL that are still trying to figure out finding that franchise quarterback. But in regards to Daniel Jones, Man, I I watch him, and 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 I and I and I think there there are times where this guy is, is really talented, and you want to accept the uh, I guess the reviews of all the 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 scouting that you got from people that like him coming into the league, and people that still back him to this day, uh, being in the league even after suffering some of the things he suffered as far as the turnover was a concern, but. He's giving you flashes, but you can't go with flashes. Flashes cost you jobs. And Joe Judge is, is, is you know, it, that cement isn't, isn't solid, you know, when it comes to his job. Dave Gettleman's, you know, next on the line, picking Daniel Jones sixth. So I'd like to think that the Giants have their guy, but I can't say that they do in Daniel, Daniel Jones. Is in, in, I mean, as, as well as he played here the last time the Bucks were here, and showing the flashes that he's had. You can't have flashes three or four years in. You need consistency, and they haven't gotten that from him. No, they haven't, and it's it's so confusing because you do see, you, you see at times everything that you want from, from a quarterback, and, and, and then at other times he stares down a wide receiver and, and throws an interception, or he does what he did last year against Tampa Bay and throws a boneheaded interception when the Giants are about to take control of the game, throws a boneheaded interception, you know, with a, with a defender draped all over him on a play where he should just eat the sack. So it's, it's tough. And it's also tough because the Giants spent the off season putting an offense around him that was built around Saquon Barkley and Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony and, and using Kyle Rudolph, who they brought in, uh, you know, as as a free agent and and using Evan Ingram, you know, as a matchup nightmare, and, and and all of those players, I think, with the exception of Rudolph, all of those players have, have missed a significant amount of time. So it's it's confusing because you want to say sometimes is it Jones, is it the supporting cast, what is it? But but you're right, it just it hasn't a hundred percent been answered. Although I I think Jones will be the Giants' quarterback next year. Um, more or less by default, because there really there isn't another option. 
in the, the way the draft sits and the way the market sits. I don't think the Giants have another option. Well, I will say this much, because based off of the two first-round picks that they have, that potentially could be two top 10 or two top 15 picks. You got equity, and you got equity to make a move. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not here to tell you that I've, that I've heard anything, but just from the standpoint of thinking that there are NFL quarterbacks, established NFL quarterbacks, that may be on the market come uh, 2022. I mean, you're looking at guys like Russell Wilson, and there's also a guy in, in Houston that could end up being back on the market. So there are going to be franchise quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks, that will be moving in 2022. And with the Giants' equity, who knows? Not saying that that's the avenue that they definitely take, because I don't know anything, but it's certainly something to look out for. It is, but it, uh, but you know, going back to Monday night, it has nothing to do with with the Bucks Giants game on Monday night. So, what I want to ask you, I want to ask you about a couple of players in particular. Um, you know, before we before we call it a show, I always have to talk about Jason Pierre-Paul. And I'm just curious, you know, what kind of season he's actually having for Tampa Bay. You know, Giants fans, I, I think by and large understood why the Giants moved on from Jason Pierre-Paul a few years back, why they traded him to Tampa Bay. I don't think anyone, at least on the Giants side, really expected him to continue to be a forceful quality NFL player this long continue considering all the physical issues that he's had and, and the hand and, and everything else, just, you know, what kind of year is, is Jason Pierre Paul having for Tampa Bay statistically, it doesn't look like it's up to par for him so far. No. And, and, you know, as good as Jason has been in this league, certainly the last couple of years here in Tampa Bay, He's transitioned too. I mean, I, I doubted when he first got here or when Todd Bowles first got here, whether or not Jason would be able to adjust to playing in a defense that primarily calls itself a 3-4 defense. And he no longer was a defensive end. He's listed as an outside linebacker. Jason Pierre-Paul drops in coverage. He drops in coverage now. Um, you know, nine, 10 years, 11 years in this league, he, he's, he's learning, or he learned, I should say, a new defense. He's adapted. He's a warrior. The thing about Jason is he doesn't practice on Wednesday. He doesn't practice on Thursday, but he plays on Sundays. And he will play, you know, although he's, you know, less and less playing time. There was a time last year and the year before where he didn't come off the football field. No matter, you know, banged up knee or any injuries that he was going through, he, he wanted to play. Um, to the benefit of the Buccaneers, they've drafted and their number one pick this year was Joe Tryon, a kid out of Washington who's got all the tools, looks like a, a, a baller and, and physically looks like Jason looked like in his rookie season. So they have that and, and they've certainly given Joe Tryon an opportunity to to play and mixing them up in, in their rotation when it comes to uh, playing outside linebacker and playing on this defensive line. But when it comes to JPP, he's the same, man. He, he, is, he is the same when it comes to, again, wanting to play every, every down, but it's just a matter of physically, can he do that? Like I said, 
here's a guy that doesn't practice on Wednesday and Thursday, but he's playing on Sunday. That's interesting. I mean, JPP always plays a hundred miles an hour. He always, you know, he, he was that way in New York too. Um, a lot younger in those days, but, but would always play through whatever was, uh, whatever issues he had going on. Um, it's interesting that you brought him up because the guy that I wanted to ask you about is Joe Tryon Shoyinka, who has actually changed his, his last name or added to his last name since, uh, since before the, the NFL draft. And one of the reasons I wanted to ask you is because the Giants had an opportunity to draft him and, and, and passed on him, took Kadarius Tony at number 20, and then took their own edge rusher, guy that I really like, guy that's had a really good season for them so far in the second round in Azizo Jalari. So really just in comparing Ojalari and, and Tryon Shoyinka. I mean, what are the Bucks getting out of him? And, and are they at this point, are they really happy with that choice? Oh, no, they're definitely happy with that because, again, there's a potential for Joe Tryon Shoyinka to, uh, to be a difference maker in this league. I'll go out on the limb and I'll tell you at some point, at some time, if he stays healthy, he'll probably end up playing in a Pro Bowl. Um, and he's a guy that actually isn't just a pass rusher. He'll certainly get to the quarterback, but he's a, he's a guy that's flexible enough to drop in coverage. And that's what you need to do in this defense when you're playing for Todd Bowles. And he's certainly a guy that uh, can pursue sideline to sideline. As he gets more and more in this league, we'll find out if he can actually take the initial run defense coming directly at him. But when it comes to pursuit, He's going to get there. Do you question whether or not the Giants could have drafted him? The issue with drafting him, it would be, it would be the same when it comes to um, playing time and whether or not he'd have gotten more playing time with the Giants as he's getting with the Buccaneers. I think the playing time would be the same, even if the desire for the Giants is to have, have, uh, have someone like him who can get to the quarterback. So let's let's close with this, Len. Obviously, the the Buccaneers are a heavy favorite on Monday night. The Buccaneers should win this game if they play like they're capable of playing. And what I want to ask you is if the Giants are going to win this game, if the Giants are going to to send Tampa Bay to a third straight loss, which is, which is unlikely. I'm, I'm definitely not going to predict that, but if that's going to happen, what does this game have to look like? Well, one, and, and I, I heard that uh, a certain running back practice. So, uh, and that certain running back would be 20, number 26. So if you can get number 26 back, that being Saquon Barkley, certainly a better shot at winning this football game. And, and I say that because obviously you need explosive weapons. And the last time that we saw Saquon play uh, before the injury in, in, in Dallas, you saw that game against the Saints where he, he showed you the full package in that football game in that overtime win, uh, whether it was the wheel route or I'm sorry, lining up out wide and uh, him, you know, winning that mismatch against a linebacker or safety and showing his, 
showing his skill set as, as, a, as a receiver and then eventually, you know, scoring that overtime touchdown to win the football game. This, def- this offense needs Saquon to win on Monday night. They, they need to take care of the football, put, a long, put together long drives, kind of like how the Washington football team did. Maybe not as um, sexy as the Washington football team did with that 19-play drive over 10 minutes, which ended up being the longest drive in the NFL this year. Maybe not in, in those instances, but they got to keep Tom Brady and the Bucks offense on the sidelines. Not only that, but find a way to get to number 12. And that's another thing that the Washington football team did on Sunday. They may have not sacked Tom a whole lot, but they got to him and touched him. And when it comes to Tom Brady, whether it's you get to his feet, you get to his body parts, whatever it is, your arm, whatever it is, just get to the guy. And whether it's uh, Ojulari, whether it's Leonard Williams, the Giants defense needs to do that. That's two keys that they need to do. Put together long drives, get Saquon back, and uh, get to Tom Brady. Like I said, it doesn't even have to be the, a, a huge number of sack totals. It's a matter of getting pressure on him, and the pressure can be as little as just making him know that you're there every passing play. All right. Hey, Lynn, I really appreciate it. I know that uh, you do a couple different shows uh, over there at, at Bucks Nation. Why don't you just let folks know, uh, you know, what what uh, what shows you do over there and, and what you've got going on? Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for giving me that opportunity to do that. The first show I host, first podcast I host is called the Monday Morning Extra Point. Myself and former NFL quarterback Brandon Dowdy host a, a pretty much a, it's a Bucks recap, but it's also a look along the NFL, the, wrapping up the uh, the week in the NFL. We do it on a weekly basis. Most times we do it on Monday, just getting a look at what happened on Sunday. And then the second podcast I host myself and Trey Downey. It's called Downey and Martez. That's more of a Bucks focus, basically break down the Bucks uh, next game preview. The next game, we, we certainly do that later part of the week. We'll do that against, uh, we'll do that with, with the Giants game. Later this week, today is Wednesday. We usually do it on a Thursday or Friday. But folks can reach me at Elmar810 on Twitter. And uh, yeah, any, 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 any regards to that as far as the podcast is concerned, feel free to, to, uh, to download it and listen to it and, and share your comments as far as the uh, podcast is concerned. All right, Len, thank you very, very much for, uh, for joining the show. Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Remember to, uh, to stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.